It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Ferg Friday here on Locked On Auburn. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer joins us in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. Use promo code Fetch Me or excuse me, Zach20 for your first delivery free from the free Fetch Me app, the new and improved app. You can also go to fetchmedelivery.com. And uh, after you place your order, be sure to uh, select the option to add a few extra dollars. Uh, to donate to the Food Bank of East Alabama. Uh, obviously, things are things are tough right now, and Fetch Me wants to help. And at the end of this uh, this Beep Bama Food Drive campaign, they're gonna they're gonna match all the donations. So be sure to uh, support them and support the folks in your community. Fetch Me Home Delivery. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. How are you, friend? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, the buildup for this game. It's been kind of interesting, and as soon as this game was announced at that weird schedule release show that SEC mm-hmm. Network dropped on us in the, uh, you know a few months ago, L- Auburn LSU on Halloween, yep. it has a chance to be very spooky. Oh yeah, it's going to be a weird game, and I think every Auburn game this season so far, with the exception of Georgia's, had some weirdness to it, so Auburn LSU always seems to be... A bizarre game, and I don't think this one's going to be any different, especially with the way that both of these teams have played up to this point. Right. So we uh, we put out the call if people had questions for us to answer. Uh, you right. specifically, Justin. Um, Phoenix from Tennessee sends uh, sent a text. Hey guys, Ferg, the dentist has been in my pocket this month. I haven't signed up yet for the Observer, but everyone should know you're continuing free content is sick. I didn't know you were still putting out free we're, stuff. We're putting out a free pro- podcast every uh, every Sunday, and then every now and then there's a free story out there. Okay. Um, let's see. Phoenix says, Every respective Tiger fan knows that this is the strangest annual game for both teams. Earthquakes and structure fires. It only makes it stranger this game is uh, for Halloween afternoon. And there's a literal blue moon that day. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. My comment uh, when let's see. Um to the three of you, no Pappas today, conjure a spirit of Auburn LSU folklore that you hope makes an appearance in this game. No Heisman winners. And he says 2005 Kenny Irons. Ooh, I like that one. That's a good That's a good pull. Uh, I'm going to go with Sammy Coates in 14. Mm. He was pretty uncoverable. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of one-on-one balls he caught um, particularly well in that game from Nick Marshall. I went back and looked at some of that. Uh, the other day for a story I put out on Thursday, and uh, that was one of the things I noticed. Very Seth Williams-ish of, like, go up, get it, and then make a play after the catch. Yeah, um, That would be very good for Auburn. I think another thing, uh, I'll stick with 14, uh, and I'll say that let's conjure up, if you're, an Aub- if you're an Auburn fan, you want to conjure up the spirit of what happened to Brandon Harris in Jordan-Hare Stadium in 2014 because in T.J. Finley you have another true freshman quarterback making his first career road start on Saturday. That game for Auburn, this is not a really good Auburn defense in 2014, but, man, they got after Harris. They rattled him. He had a horrible game. He had to get pulled. uh, uh, I think it was in the third quarter they they, they pulled the plug on him. Finley looked really good against South Carolina. Um, LSU's got a ton of talent around him that can make it look easy. 
is is a different type of offense, mm-hmm. miles different than what than what we saw in 2014 from LSU. But if Auburn can conjure up the spirit of get after that freshman quarterback, rattle him a little bit, and take advantage of that, I think they could like that's the key. I think to to really um, you know possibly win in this game for Auburn. That's a great answer. That's a great answer because. I mean, we've seen both this offense and defense. We were talking about it very briefly before we turned the microphones on and started recording this thing, Justin. But Auburn is a totally different team at home. It's been yep. like that yep. since Gus took over in 13. And I just have a feeling that that's going to play a big part tomorrow. I, I, I really do. And I know that's kind of a, a simple, boring take, mm-hmm. but I think it's the truth. Yeah, and, and, and I keep going back to the fact that this team this season um, – doesn't give up you know they fought back in the last despite three what games some people will say so despite what some people say yeah. I, I say it this way uh Auburn fans there's some Auburn fans who might have given up on Auburn but Auburn's not giving up on Auburn and that's been very obvious over yeah. the last few the last few weeks so I think even if things go a little sideways the fact that it is at home I think it really helps out Auburn, and this is a team that we know that if they feel like they are in it in the fourth quarter, they're still going to try to find a way a, a way to win. This team does not fold, and you're right. I mean, with the exception of a couple games in, in the last few years, in games where Auburn has a realistic shot to win um, at home, they usually come out on top, and this is such an important game for Malzahn, and it's such an important game for this program. Yeah. I mean, the difference between going three and three into the break after losing to LSU, and the difference between four and two, and finally getting a win to end this streak against LSU, is is huge. I mean, that's a giant gap, I think, in terms of perception uh, with whatever happens on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, and another element. I mean, a desperate Gus Malzahn, a guy fighting for his job. You just see him coach differently. You just you just absolutely see it. Uh, circling back to Phoenix's question, I know he said no Heisman winners, but. I think when you talk about just key moments in you know the folklore of this this mm-hmm. rivalry, you think about the play where I think Cam won his Heisman yep. uh, in 2010. Who is in the best situation to make a play like that, where it's just like one specific play where we talk about for a really long time? Is it Tank? Is it it's Bo? Tank. Is it Seth? I think it's Tank. Yeah. Because the thing about Seth and the thing about Bo in this game is this LSU team is really good at rushing the passer. And even though he has not had that big time game this year, Derek Stingley still exists. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, if you really focus in on trying to like, if, if they come in and say, hey, Stingley, you're going to shadow uh, Seth Williams. We're not going to let him beat you, uh, beat us. I think that's going to be key. Take Bigsby, though, man. Uh, just the way he's breaking tackles, I think that's kind of that, that cam-ish kind of like you can right. see him trying to tear off a run. LSU is not very good at tackling. I think they got the third worst tackle rate in the league this year. Yeah. Um, they're missing tackles a, a decent bit. And also, they're not doing a great job of slowing down the run. Uh, State didn't want to run the ball against them. Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt. Over the last two weeks, they played Missouri and South Carolina. Uh, they combined for, I believe, it's 5.6 yards a carry. And that's Missouri and South Carolina. Now you've got a guy in Tank Bigsby who is – through the first few weeks of the season, um, I you know playing like a top five, top ten running back in college football right now. You yeah. get a look at the numbers; he has been on a different level. Um, and in the SEC, I think it's Najee Harris and him right now in terms of who's been the best 
uh, over these last couple of weeks. And Tank hasn't really busted a run yet. What his longest run against Ole Miss was 19 yards, I think. He had a couple really... of big ones against Arkansas. But as far as just like a breakaway one, yeah. like I, we haven't seen, he hasn't had a 40 or 50 plus yard run yet, has he? I do not believe so. I, I don't think so. And this could happen. I mean, we've seen this LSU team struggle with tackling this year, and Bigsby is the last guy in the world you want to like not be real solid on, on tackling on. I know Ed Orgeron has been talking about that all week. Yeah. About gang tackling him. Um good luck because the man the man just does not does not go down easily. He runs angry. Yes. His balance is is stupid. And I I've mentioned this before, like when he when he crosses the line of scrimmage when there's a lot of contact, a lot of traffic and a lot of bodies, he kinda leans forward mm-hmm. like he's anticipating contact. Then even when he doesn't, he's able to kind of use body control yep. to regain his balance, and he's constantly looking for like, all right, where's the next contact at? I mean, he's, I mean, it's special. He's an all-around back, and this is a, this is why he was a five-star uh, coming out of high school until he committed to Auburn. Which, wow, how did that happen? Um, <laughs> you know, he's an he's an all-around back. He does everything that you want a running back to do. He's got good speed. I think you you could see him finally hit that breakaway run this weekend against LSU, and like you said. Um, the balance, the vision mm-hmm. is is top notch, and, and this man is a freshman. This he is just out of high school, and like it's early. Yeah, it's he's only early. played a few games, so he's only he's only been the lead back for three, so or three or four, and like. Do you think he? Ma- do you do you think it matters that he didn't start last week? No. Do you think he cares? No. You really don't think he cares? No. I think all that matters starting your running back is who is who is ever on the field on the first play. What set they want to run on the first play? Okay. Tank Bigsby had more than double the carries of anybody else on that team. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. You can get cute with personnel and and, and packages and stuff like that. Starters don't really matter. Okay. Okay. As fair as far as uh, who. Not who, but what he's running behind with his offensive line. I think J.G. Tate asked this question as far as the the different types of blocking. Yeah, doing more gap stuff. I like that. Mm-hmm. I love the the GT stuff that they did last week. Oh yeah, it, it, I think right now with his offensive line, they're still learning how to play next to each other. And in zone, when you do a lot of zone, you gotta have to have that that unspoken chemistry with the next guy it's like all right this is when i have to pull off a double team this is when i need to and it's like a feel thing so when you're playing more guard tackle you know pull stuff you 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 man it up and gap it up whatever you want to call it um it's it's simpler but if you have the guys to do it it can be a lot a lot more effective and the and the fun thing about that is is i think Bradarius ham is playing tackle right now because they need him at tackle, but he's naturally a guard and he's really good at pulling and like and like burying Gus people. Wants him to be a tackle so bad though, and and that's the thing is like they need a tackle because there's not a ton of depth there right now in, in terms of guys that they've they've established. Yeah, um, but yeah, you can run some plays where you do some of that guard tackle stuff and you get you get ham pulling and running through like a guard, mm-hmm. um, and that's a good way to kind of get around that kind of that's kind good of stuff. point. Yeah, that's a good point. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. Whether it's a mental or a physical wall, you can break through it with Built Go every day. Built Go is easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. It's this protein gel. You feel great. It's like a five hour energy, but there's no crash feeling. And it comes in three delicious flavors peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. There's no like crap in it. It's actually good for you. Built Go uh, combines energy gel with collagen protein 
And this collagen protein is super easy for your body to digest. It takes it really well. Bilko is loaded with good stuff like beta alanine, B3, honey, a little bit of caffeine. It also has some B6, B12, and um, this collagen promotes joint and soft tissue, hair, and skin health. So the stuff literally makes you feel and look better. Go to BuiltGo.com, B-U-I-L-T-G-O.com. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Do you always feel like you're always on? Well, there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport you're watching over the weekend, uh, Coors Light is going to accompany you very, very well. I plan on cracking open a few for this Halloween weekend. I love Coors Light, and I think you will too, but surely you've tried it. Surely you've tried it. But, uh, of course, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We mentioned Derek Stingley, and I imagine he and Seth Williams are going to get to know each other really well tomorrow. I think Seth's availability in the passing game is going to be an issue tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And a question that I've been asking on the podcast throughout this week is, okay, can Auburn's passing game survive going through Anthony Schwartz and Eli Stove? And we haven't seen it yet. I'm a little skeptical of it. The thing there is is that those guys are getting targets and they're getting catches. Like you look at the end of a game, it's like, well, Seth had a really good game. It's like, well, Seth made the bigger plays. You know, Seth were the one was the one who was breaking the tackles or making the catches downfield. This has got to be a game, I think, where Schwartz needs to catch a deep ball, where Eli Stove needs to be more involved. Because here's the thing about Eli Stove, he's not a big he's not a big play type of guy, but man, he catches everything that's thrown to him. His yeah. his his efficiency is through the roof. This has got to be a game also where you use Xavion Capers, Kobe Hudson, uh, maybe Kalen Newton a little bit more, get the tight ends more involved. Um, you got to do that because I think if I, I think LSU is going to want to come in and say, we just saw what Seth Williams has done. You know, we saw what he did against Kentucky. Yep. We saw what he did against against Ole Miss. He cannot do that to us. And the good news is we have one of the most talented cover guys in the country. Now, he has not been awesome this year because LSU's defense has been really bad, Mm -hmm. but it ain't on him. It ain't on Stingley. And I think Stingley, much like J.C. Horn, could shadow him and just say, it's going to be tough. And the last thing Bo Nix can do is just force um, the ball to him, especially considering how good LSU is in the pass rush. Right. So you you think it's going to have to come from other guys as well for Mm -hmm. the most part? I mean, do you think? Uh, I mean, do you think Seth gets eighty yards tomorrow? I think he could. I think he could, and, and we know with Seth Williams, eighty yards can, can be two catches. Like he doesn't have to That's be a point. guy who gets a ton of targets in order to be make a di- make a difference in the game. Mm-hmm. But I think this has got to be a game. And we saw a little bit more of it Saturday against Ole Miss. It's got to be more of a game where they spread the ball out and, and Bo looks more comfortable. Like I keep going back to the fact that, and I know I know it's not nearly what people have thought it was going to be this year. And again, it was a believe it when you see it mode, but. The thing about the tight end, a play broke down, and he didn't immediately just dump it off to Seth. 
he hit John Samuel Shanker, who broke off his route and, and, and like you know did a little scramble drill right there. Right. You got to be able to trust more of those guys in certain situations. You've seen you've seen Schwartz kind of step up on third downs a little bit more, a little bit more. I think you're gonna have to do that again on Saturday. But the big thing there, stay ahead of the chains, and you won't have to rely on Williams as much. It won't be third nine. Here comes Seth. Like it's got to be run the ball, quick passes. Because here's the thing, if they're, if LSU's not keeping you behind the chains and they're not sacking you, they're giving up huge plays. They're giving up 11 yards in attempt the last couple of games. Gosh. 11. I mean, the makeup... And they got Derek Stingley. Right. And a good pass rush. It's it, it's so bizarre. I mean, the, the makeup of this LSU team is not that much different than this Ole Miss team. They're no. better. I mean, you they're can better. look at recruiting classes to say that. I mean, Ole Miss doesn't have a Derek Stingley and, you know... I mean, we were talking. They don't have an Eric Gilbert. They don't have a. They don't have. I don't think as good as Elijah Moore was heading into last week. He ain't Terrence Marshall, right? Yeah. They don't have a John Emery. I mean, they've got some. They're they got some dudes. Yeah. They're loaded. I mean, we, we were talking with uh, with Matt over at Locked On LSU on yesterday's show, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, this this LSU team, they're going to get ten guys drafted. And, oh yeah. And it's just that that's just kind of who they are. Mm-hmm. Old Miss, that's not going to be the case. Nope. Uh, but as far as strengths and weaknesses, I mean. If it's fireworks, like if these teams, if both teams get into the 30s, I don't like Auburn's chances. Nope. Especially if it gets to the 40s, I think the higher it goes, the more it's going to put. It's got to be pressure. like last week. It's got to be like last week. And I think that also kind of plays into Auburn's uh, Auburn's favor a little bit because, you know, if they run the ball more and they have to play the shorter passing game more, I think that favors Auburn. You want to have a shorter game. It's what they did against Ole Miss last week. I thought, and I wrote about it a couple of times last week at the Observer, I thought what Kevin Steele did against Ole Miss was genius. Hey, we'll sacrifice some of our run-stopping power, even though I think Auburn could have done a lot better in run-stopping, even on the plays where they had only five guys in the box. We're going to sacrifice some of our run-stopping power to say, you're not beating us through the air. Okay. I know what you want to do, Lane Kiffin. You want to hit the big play, have a quick drive, extend the game as much as possible. Lane can't help himself. And they couldn't do it. Matt Corral, outside of that busted play right. where nobody picked up Kenny Yaboa, he averaged three, it was like 3.6 yards in attempt. Yeah. Keep everything in front of you. And I think that might be a difference in this game because if you can keep everything in front of you in this one and say, all right, LSU, run the ball a little bit more, you know, that's going to be the key thing in that one. But the counterpoint, like we were saying earlier, how do they rush the passer? Mm-hmm. How do they get after Finley? If they can get after Finley, that's a really good that's a really good uh, sign for them. But are they going to have to, you know, put a bunch of blitzers out there, or is this a breakout game for somebody like Colby Wood, Derek Hall, right? Big Cat Bryant, who remember uh, was a big LSU guy at one point, and this could be his last shot at them. So yeah. like, here we go. Let's see. Let's see what that looks like. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Justin, continuing our conversation uh, about the defensive line, it's been pretty bad. It's it's not been good. I mean, as far as effectiveness in the tackling game, they have not done well with that. They have not rushed the passer. What's wrong with it? And I, I know Derek Brown doesn't exist anymore for <laughs> yeah, well, you. Marlon yeah, Davidson he exists. He's just not on opportunity. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're playing in the NFL. But uh, your best players are in the NFC South now. Oh, that's fair. All all we heard though 
this whole offseason yeah. from coaches and players, and it's like there's no drop-off. There's no drop-off. Did they actually believe that? Were they just wrong? Are guys now hurt? Because, I mean, I know Big Cat, is, he certainly does not look 100% based off I last think that's year. A, I think that's a big key. But there's more than just Big Cat, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're not all hurt. Yeah. Yeah, they had some issues with injuries. And I think I think it's just you're seeing when you're having to go up against guys that aren't Auburn's offensive line. Remember, they you know they can look good in camp against Auburn's offensive line because Auburn's offensive line was a mess in camp because of absences and like they're they're just now getting it put together right so when you look at Auburn's defensive line I think you're seeing that you really miss Derrick Brown you really miss Marlon Davidson the fact that Big Cat Brian hasn't been 100% has been key um and like you're getting production out of certain guys but as a whole I mean the pass rush just isn't there and they're they're seeing the effects of missing two of those guys like Auburn does not have right now a guy like a Jeff Holland or Carl Lawson or D Ford or whoever, where you can say that guy's getting to the quarterback, you know. And they didn't really have the last couple of seasons either. But the fact that Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown, like you put two elite power guys on the field, that'll open up some doors for everybody else. Even if there isn't one of those go-to edge rushers, yeah. Right now they don't really have that. Your best defensive lineman, and man, he is playing incredibly well right now, is Colby Wooden, but he's not. You know, he's not the get to the quarterback quickly guy. He's like, I'm gonna just right. disrupt things. I'm gonna make some plays in the backfield. He can get to the quarterback, but it's it's very telling that Auburn's sack leaders right now are linebackers. Yeah. They're having to send those guys. Uh we got another question for you, Justin. Colonel Steve asked on Twitter two questions. One, why aren't we seeing Mark Anthony Richards on the field at running back two? I have no idea. Does I, he is he real? I've seen him before, and okay. I've seen pictures of him at practice. Okay. All, All right. right. So, so he's on the team. He's, he is, he's alive. He's on the team. I've seen him on the sidelines. I mean, he is he is there. That is the biggest mystery to me yeah. because it feels like every week is he's been asked. Malzahn's been asked about it, and every week it's like, oh, he's doing well. He's taking the step forward, and it's like, I don't know, man. Like, it, didn't the, he say this one time where he was like had a hard time learning the playbook or something like that? He was, yeah, he was doing he was he was doing a better job of picking up the playbook or something like that. I think that was what it was, and that was earlier in the year. It can't be that sophisticated of an offense for a running back. It just can't be. Uh, the fact that Tank Bigsby's been able to pick it up and and play pretty well, I think, is. I and here's the thing: if Mark Anthony Richards was playing right now, he's getting what three, four, five carries a game. Like it's not like he's going to be a huge different. But we have seen that a newcomer has come in and popped really well for them. Yeah. So. I understand why Auburn fans are, are – like, Auburn's running game is more than fine without him right now. Mm-hmm. Could be better, but we don't know because, you know, for some reason – that's what I keep telling you. When, when guys aren't out there on the field, it's not like these coaches are, you know, have this big conspiracy against them. It's like, they watch him in practice. There's a reason why he's not playing. We just don't know why. Well, it's like, you know, all the Auburn fans, and, and I'll kind of lump myself into this, it's like, why is Christian Tuck getting all the action? Then he goes down for a few plays – and they put Tennyson in, and they put Puckett in, and it's like, oh, yep, <laughs> that's why. That's yep. why Christian Tuts. These there. guys, like, look, man, like, you, there's coaches make a lot of money, and fans can point out. I mean, and, and, and I'd much rather see fans point out coaches and criticize decision making there than they are with the unpaid players. Yes, but those guys are those guys are making millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars if they're position coaches, and they're not above criticism by any means. But they know more about this team than you do. <laughs> right. I also don't know where MAR's touches go. I mean, just looking at the, right. the workload, I don't have it in front of me, but what, 24 carries for Bixby, 10 rushes for Bo, 
eight for Shivers, one for DJ. I think yeah, that's and right. DJ got banged up early. And right, so I think DJ ideally would probably get three or four. Mm-hmm. And so I'm guessing that and you goes would, into tanks, maybe. Right. Yeah, you'd probably if you're Auburn, twenty four, twenty five is fine. Tank can handle it, but you don't want to make a habit out of it. You want to probably keep him in the yeah. high teens, right. lower twenties. A lot of Auburn fans saying Tank, there's no reason for Tank not to get a twenty five touches a game. And I'm like, no, you don't want him to carry well, twenty five. That's times the a game. funny thing, and it shows how short memory that 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 a lot of us. You know, I, I want to. I'll say fan. I'll say fans, <laughs> yes. but I will say that you know I'll lump myself in there sometimes with the short memory because the whole carry thing for a while was like carry on Trey Mason. Like you just like you don't want to. You don't want to. You know, put too much of a workload on these guys, and it's like yeah, but Tank needs to touch the ball forty times a game, and it's like I know he's been really effective. The limit to these guys. Well, you know, it, it, for a while it worked. I mean, they didn't really necessarily do it with Dyer because they had Cam. Heck, Petway did it too. Yeah, they did it with Petway, they did it with Peyton Barber, they did it with Cameron Artis Payne, they did it with Trey, and then and then you know it worked fine for Carry On until it didn't, and then it's like ever since then they've been really cautious with things. But right. right, yeah, and and they've had more depth at running back mm-hmm. you know, over the last few years, and they've had a ton of depth at running back this year. It's just we haven't seen all of it yet. Right, but I mean, fifteen to twenty carries ideally for Tank. I think Bo's going to get between eight and twelve every game. I think uh, Shivers is probably going to stay around that five, six, seven, eight range, mm-hmm. and then DJ three or four. So it's like, now you're do you bring him on for two rushes. Like, what's that going to do for you? Right, right. The only thing I can think of the, the difference with him is, is that he might take like the Harold Joiner like receiver option, but that that doesn't even see that doesn't even seem to be a part of this playbook this year. Like, uh, right, yeah. But even... that's what we heard. Right? I, I think we heard some reports. During fall camp, that he was kind of the best receiving option, but mm-hmm. and then he was playing really, really well. I mean, the hype is there, like, and and like people will get mad. I understand why they get mad, but yeah, I'm, I'm just telling you what the coaches say. Colonel Steve's other question: I'm concerned about our lack of linebacker depth. Who is the next man up, and why isn't he getting snaps? Cam Riley's getting snaps. Um, I think you want to be you want to be perfectly honest. Who the next man up at linebacker is? If you watch the end of that old Miss game, Jamin Sherwood. Yeah. The man is playing about as much linebacker he is as, as safety right now. He is constantly in the box. That final couple of drives, the, the last drive especially when Auburn really, did a really good job of making Matt Corral uh, think he can throw the ball five yards down the field, um, especially on that Hail Mary, when they were keeping everything in front of him, he, they were walking him down into the box and lining up for him right next to Owen Popo and, and just saying, all right, Is here it we Popo? Go. Popo, yes. No. Is it really? Yes. Dang it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Pop. Uh, that was hard for me to adjust to as gonna, well. That's going to take me a while. Yeah, it is. It is. Pop you can just call him Owen. <laughs> Owen's good. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, Jamie Sherwood's playing. Like, it's funny. Like, I think there's an alternate universe where Jamie Sherwood's a linebacker and Owen Popo's a safety. And that might, like, honestly, that might be where those guys end up in, like, the, ne- the next level. Can Owen cover? I mean, he's a pretty good cover. He's he's, he's really athletic. It just seems like the farther he gets from the line of scrimmage, the more I'm like, no, scoot up some, Owen. <laughs> he um he graded out really well in coverage against Ole Miss. Did like, he? He was a really good coverage guy okay. for Ole Miss. Good. That's mm-hmm. good to hear. Yeah. And that's his thing. I mean, but like Owen's one of those dudes where he also is like, he could be really good at rushing the passer because he's just so freaky athletic. I'd like to see him be blitz more, but I think with their situation at linebacker, they're going like to be less aggressive. Off, like a sawed off Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, I thought that would kind of be his thing early in the year. But yeah, if yeah. you if you blitz him, that means you have to rely on more guys to do their job covering behind him. Before I make you do a pick, and I'll share my pick as well. Uh, right. what, what's going on at the Auburn Observer? Yeah, Auburn Observer. We've got a lot of stuff going on uh, this week. 
Um, if you're listening to this right now, you can have access to the mailbag, um, the story I have on Auburn's pass rush, Auburn's offensive line, film room from running the week, got a basketball story on Sharif Cooper. Um, we'll have post-game observations on Sunday morning. Uh, we will have a recap podcast uh, for everybody on, on Sunday, premium podcast um, where we preview the game, Painter and I. Um, we went pretty long on that one. Uh, you can get that if you subscribe. Yeah, $6 a month, $60 a year, AuburnObserver.com. Um, sign up there. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, the the thing that I always enjoy most, I say this every time you come on, I love your your film breakdowns that come out on Monday mornings. Mm-hmm. But the I, I saw a lot of chatter um, with people talking about your Sharif Cooper story. People are ready. People are ready for Auburn basketball stuff, and that's what you're going to get from us. Yeah, people were talking about it in the message boards and um, and and the college and mag uh, group chat that I'm in. So people very excited about that. So yeah. Be sure to subscribe to the Auburn Observer. You get all of that. You get football and basketball. So that'll be uh, that'll be awesome. Um, yesterday with the Locked On LSU crossover show, I think I said thirty-one twenty-eight Auburn, mm-hmm. solely because it's at home, and we are seeing a desperate Gus Malzahn. Yep. And I think those are two very powerful things. They are. They usually are. I will go Auburn thirty-four LSU. 28 okay something something along those lines yeah. i want i kind of want to lean and say it's going to be a dumb score again because auburn's going to go for two or something weird's going to there's going to be a safety or something it's like auburn that. lsu on halloween of course exactly I mean, it's gonna be weird my big thing in this game is that if auburn commits to running the ball runs that quick game with bo Nix, doesn't get him in obvious passing situations where that that pass rush can go can lean back and eat and if if keandre jones or however auburn sets this auburn offensive lineup tomorrow keeps him upright blocks well for the run there are yards to be gained against this lsu defense because they are giving up a ton of them i just hope they don't get too cute i i, I hope they just run the heck out of the football man malzahn so we they did this last week malzahn all throughout the week hard-nosed auburn football and we got to get back to it and then that's code for we tried the passing thing with chad morris and <laughs> like we still want to do some of that but like we got to run the ball this is auburn this is a gus yeah, like, i need to not get fired so yeah I'm that would the be ball real it quick. would be great if we would run the ball here <laughs> if you look at lsu's defense this year they've had a hard time stopping the run against teams that are committed to it um they're having a hard time giving up plays through the air if you can complete the passes Got to keep Bo upright. Do that on the defensive side. I think if you see a similar game plan to what LSU, what Auburn did against Ole Miss last week, which is keep everything in front of you, extend the game a little bit. I think it's going to be very, very similar um, to that. And did I just, did I just, I think I might have just gave gave the same score from Auburn LSU as Ole. Miss. I think it's going to be a very similar game. And uh, I think being, yeah. a, and I think even though LSU is a more talented team, Auburn's playing at home. I think it can follow a similar script. The other thing about it, Zach, you mentioned Auburn being at home and why that's a difference maker, but also Gus Malzahn, this would be huge for him. Now, it's not going to get people who are off the boat back on the boat in terms of the fan base, right? but the fact that you could get out of a year without losing to all of your rivals, your main rivals, would be huge. <laughs> and going into a bye week 4-2 and two instead of 3-3, three and three, you start feeling a little bit differently about Auburn down the stretch, especially with the way Mississippi State and Tennessee have looked recently. I'm trying to find, and you may know this just because you love numbers, but um, Locked On LSU guy was talking about the average uh, yards per game, rushing yards per game LSU's given up, and it was like 180-ish, I think. 
But that's with them allowing just seven yards rushing to Mississippi State. And like 120 against Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt has had, like even back then, half their team was gone. Um, the number I the number I care about, and the number the number that makes it makes a bigger deal to me. I believe it's five point six or five point seven yards per carry for Missouri and South Carolina each of the last two weeks. It's one hundred and twenty one, one hundred and twenty one. With but one of those is seven. So like that, it's right yards per carry instead of yards per game. No disrespect to your guest, but if we're still talking yards per game, come on, man. Like this is a we are a per play society now. We have moved past <laughs> yards per game. Unless, uh, what do you think about Malzahn saying, um, you know, his comments about analytics? Did you did you see that from the uh, from the, <laughs> yeah. the Jordan Rogers uh, comment on the broadcast? Yeah, it was like uh, analytics are overrated. I'm like, <laughs> I'm right here, man. I, I thought of you as soon as he said. I was that. like, I was like, um, okay, well, you know, that's 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 one way to put it. But no, yeah. I I said it I said it on Twitter, and then I was like, I'm taking this as a direct shot at me only. I saw that, uh, and then yeah. I was like, it's completely a joke. Me and me and Gus have a really good relationship. <laughs> sure. Uh, one more time, man. How can people find all of your stuff? Buddy? Yeah, AuburnObserver.com. I'm on Twitter at JFergusonAU. $6 a month or $60 a year gets you access to all of our stories and our podcast. And, uh, yeah, more Auburn basketball coverage as we get closer to that. Um, I'm really glad that Auburn and Gonzaga are still playing because I feel like that's a game specifically made for me. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at ZBlackery. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We will recap everything from this weekend on Monday right here on Locked On. Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.